All right, welcome to the Health Coach Collaborative webinar. Today we are going to be talking about our Natural Nutrition Essentials Bundle. Most importantly, today we want you to go away with a tidbit of knowledge around the subjects that are taught in this bundle, and that includes the foundations in natural nutrition, digestive health, and the microbiome meal planning for your clients, and how this can all relate positively back to your business. If you're a fitness professional, it's just as important. So before we dive into the educational piece, we're just going to explain a little bit about who your instructors are and why we chose these courses as the foundational bundle to natural nutrition. My name is Lynn Fairs, and I am one of the co-founders and instructors here at the Health Coach Collaborative. I wear many hats in my role here at HCC and as well in my business coaching company, the Holistic Nutrition Hub. Previous to these two roles, I have taught in other nutrition schools and continue to learn and educate on many of the topics that I'm passionate about, including permaculture, food awareness, and creating heart-centered businesses. So today, my role here is to introduce the resources, tools, and assessments that are available to you within the course materials. And I will also show you how you can use these tools within your meal planning knowledge to help add value and services to increase your revenue. Hi, I'm Lisa Sagos. I'm one of the co-founders and instructors at the Health Coach Collaborative. I've been teaching natural nutrition for about 25 years and have also been working in the corporate environment, bringing holistic nutrition into uh, organizations and corporate settings across the country. Uh, over the past 25 years, I've also written a number of nutrition books, including a cookbook, uh, the best-selling Unjunk Your Junk Food, which I co-wrote with uh, two other nutritionists, and The Weight Battlefield, which was also used as a textbook. Um, because I've taught at so many different schools, I've written lots and lots of curriculum over the years and have still maintained my passion to share the message of natural nutrition that started with my own journey many, many years ago. And then I finally decided I was going to start fresh and look inwards and look towards food for um, trying to rebalance my body. And that was a game changer for me. And since then I've made it my life's mission to educate and share the message of how food can change the, the structure, the nature of our cells, the, um, the, our energy levels, our physiology, the way that our brain functions. Uh, so really it's healing and recreating from the inside out with food. So I'm excited to, uh, meet all of you and share my message with you today. Hi, I'm Heather Creamer. I'm a co-founder here, course creator and instructor at the Health Coach Collaborative. I'm also a natural nutrition coach, a personal trainer, and a cancer exercise specialist. And as I mentioned before, I'm a cancer survivor. I did develop a deep passion for fitness and um, leading a healthy lifestyle as I was going through my recovery. And I've transitioned that passion to help my clients achieve their own health and fitness goals. And now with the Health Coach Collaborative, we're able to enable other trainers to do the same. I'm also a co-founder at Medexin Fitness Institute, and we do provide online courses and certifications in the growing field of medical fitness exercise and nutrition. I've personally seen how natural nutrition can make a difference and even transform lives. I know it transformed my own and I see it in my clients. And I know that when you add it to your fitness business or health coaching practice, you're going to see a huge difference for your own clients. I think each of us has a unique view on our experiences as coaches within the industry. And we each have specialties kind of within each one of these courses. However, we all feel, um, and we'll see why in a minute, that these are integral courses to beginning your natural nutrition career. So one thing that we wanted to do is just explain why we chose these three courses to be part of our natural nutrition essentials bundle. Lisa, do you want to explain? a little bit, maybe just a quick 30 seconds as to why we chose these uh, courses to be included. Sure. When you're coaching clients on nutrition, there are a few fundamentals that need to be covered. First of all, you want to talk to them about the macros. You want to talk to them about the micros, the, the micronutrients, which you'll hear about today. 
this is where the meal planning course comes in is to uh, not only share some practical knowledge about how the body ticks, but also how to put this knowledge into everyday practice, because you know, you can give them all the information, but if they don't know how to prepare a proper breakfast or how much protein needs to go into breakfast or how to meal prep on a Sunday, or um, if you've got specific food allergies or, or uh, nutrient deficiencies, how to incorporate the, the particular foods that have these nutrients into their everyday diet, then they're not going to see any progress. Now, again, you can also incorporate all the best foods but if your digestion isn't working properly, your body can't process those foods and absorb those nutrients. So the combination of these three courses, these are the foundational courses that will help you communicate better with your client. Heather, do you have anything to add to that? <laughs> uh, you know what, Lisa talked about a lot of the really great points about the program. I think the power is in the combination because foundations in natural nutrition, we have uh, such great information. It comes at us in a different way. So we're looking at, you know, not only the macros, as she mentioned, but the importance of the micronutrients and how they can enhance our health or deficiencies can really hurt our health. And of course, with the, the digestion and the microbiome, we know that the majority of diseases they start in the gut. So if you're, if your digestive tract isn't healthy, that's where a lot of the immune uh, system is, then the rest of your body won't be healthy. So, you know, coming with great nutrition, having healthy digestion. And then of course, as she mentioned, the meal plan, that's probably as a personal trainer, I get asked so many times, what should I be eating? Um, so having that meal planning course is, is just uh, so essential um, to be able to help your clients to achieve their goals. And, you know, for the most, for most of them, it's better health. Absolutely. I obviously agree with both of you on all of these points. For me, my goal is to help people see that these are the natural progressions through learning about natural nutrition. You have to start learning about what our food contains in order to help our body, how those are assimilated within our body, and then how you can uh, relay this knowledge to your clients so that it's accessible to them and relatable and that they can start making these small habit changes. Um, I think as coaches, we often forget where our journey started and how far we've come. And it's our job to understand the science behind it, but also the art behind coaching and what it takes. Uh, for me, I'm going to be obviously teaching um, what Lisa said, how you can add these things into your business so that they are just a added value for your clients, as well as yourself uh, moving forward. And it was interesting there what you said, Lynn, about how we all got into this business. And I think um, just for our viewers to let them know, all of us had health issues that we were trying to solve. Um, you know, um, myself, I had breast cancer. And um, after going through all of the treatment and so on, it's like, I didn't want to go back and, uh, and develop cancer all over again, because recurrence is so prevalent. And so what changes did I need to make personally in my own life um, to make sure that didn't happen? And that really led me down the path of fitness and then into natural nutrition. And uh, it's been my goal ever since to help my clients. And then now we can bring that to our uh, our trainers um, through our course. And I'm really excited about that. I think one of our top missions is to share our experience with as many people as we can and hope that this knowledge can benefit them and as many other people who are working with them as possible. Heather, <laughs> you wanted to get into your Absolutely. presentation? Okay. All right. So in today's session, I'm going to talk to you about the importance of micronutrients, especially as they relate to energy. And this is all information you can find in our Foundations and Natural Nutrition course. Do you ever have clients complain of low energy or feeling fatigued? I do. I, I think it's one of the most common complaints that I hear. So we're going to find out how we can address it. And hopefully after this segment, you'll think micronutrients can help. So we know that energy to power our body's metabolic processes comes from the food that we eat. And consuming a balanced natural food diet provides the calories from the macronutrients, so the carbohydrates, the proteins, and fats that we need for energy. And then we balance our macros, right, depending on uh, what we're trying to achieve with our clients. So it could be hypertrophy, um, strength, stamina, weight loss. That's a really common one. 
And this is typically where the focus lies. So when we look at our plate of food, does it meet our macros requirement? And you can see that on the slide, we've got uh, the plate of food, we're looking there. Okay, we've got our protein sources is chicken, our fat sources, good fats. I think we've got guacamole in the middle. And then we've got our carbohydrates, lots of vegetables. We don't often give much thought to the micronutrients in our diet, but we really need to ask ourselves, does this plate of food also give us our required micros? So vitamins and minerals, the micronutrients um, in our diet, we only need them in small, small quantities. And when I say small, usually they're measured in micrograms, not grams like the, the ma uh, macros, but they're really crucial for helping to maintain energy levels, um, our metabolism, our whole body metabolism, cellular function, and all of physical needs, mental well-being. Um, it has an impact or they have an impact on every function that happens in our body. There are about 30, give or take, vitamins and minerals that are really essential for our health. And with a few exceptions, our bodies don't make them. So we really uh, need to have them in our diet. We need to have them in our, our food intake or be supplemented. So micronutrients, they really are, uh, they do play a vital role in our energy production. But they don't provide energy directly like macronutrients um, because they don't contain calories. But they do function as essential coenzymes that are necessary to extract energy from the macronutrients. So as our body is digesting food, it needs these, these uh, coenzymes to actually get the energy from the food. And this energy extraction process requires so many different micronutrients. They act as coenzymes and cofactors. Um, they can be structural uh, within the enzyme and even carriers. So active electron and proton carriers in the production of ATP, which as we know is our body's energy currency. Um, vitamin cofactors. So let's talk a little bit about vitamin cofactors. They're essential to so many metabolic processes. And I'm going to use the example of the B vitamins. So, you know, B1, B2, B3, B5, B6, B12, and there's B9 and B7. They're all essential for mitochondrial function and a lack of just one of these B vitamins can compromise an entire sequence of biochemical reactions that are necessary to help transform our food that we eat into energy. Um, I think we've got a really good example here on the slide. Um, B vitamins, they're really crucial components in the Krebs cycle. So Krebs cycle is also known as the citric acid cycle. It is at the center of our cellular metabolism, plays a critical role in the process of energy production. So it, it finishes the sugar breaking job that started in glycolysis, and it does fuel the production of ATP in the process. Um, so even marginal deficiencies of these B vitamin cofactors. So when I talk about um, marginal deficiencies, those are levels that are above deficiency, but below optimal. And these can actually result in symptoms of fatigue and low energy. And as you can see in the graphic, um, the B, uh, B vitamin cofactors are used throughout. I'm just going to use my cursor here to show you. So you can just see throughout the entire cycle, B vitamin cofactors. And that's just one vitamin, right? That's critical in the citric acid cycle. And you're going to notice as well, the electron transport chain down here, the B vitamins are involved as well. So very, very critical. Okay, so the big question is, uh, you know, we should be able to meet our micronutrient needs through our diet, right? Because oftentimes that's what we're told if we're eating a healthy balanced diet. Well, nutrient requirements are individual and based on a number of different factors like genetics, um, where the person is in their life stage, for example, um, are they in growth phase? Um, childhood and adolescence, um, during pregnancy, lactation, right? Um, some other factors that impact micronutrient requirements can be health status. Um, for example, if you're recovering from surgery, undergoing treatment for disease, um, and medications can also affect um, my, uh, micronutrient status. Um, intensive exercise, which you know, in the fitness profession, we see often in sports, demanding physical training. Um, they also demand additional micronutrient support and also emotional and if you're undergoing physiological stress as well. So the RDAs, the recommended dietary allowances, 
um, they're designed to actually help prevent disease. You know, we think, oh, if we meet our RDAs, we're doing really well, right? Well, maybe not, because they're not actually designed to provide optimum health. They're actually originally developed to provide a minimum guidance during food rationing in the Second World War. And they were set up to ensure that the majority of the population didn't become clinically deficient and develop different diseases. Some of those were like scurvy, which is a vitamin C deficiency, pernicious anemia, B12 deficiency, beriberi sounds very exotic, but um, B1 deficiency and pellagra, which is a B3 deficiency. The takeaway from this is just because you meet your RDAs doesn't mean that you're optimizing your health. And many really just currently aren't meeting their RDAs. So this can put you into a place where you may not technically be deficient. So you're not going to develop beriberi, for example, but you might develop other symptoms that are associated with marginal deficiency. And again, that inadequacy or marginal deficiency occurs when someone's consuming less than the recommended dietary allowance of a particular vitamin or mineral but the levels are still above the threshold, so you don't have a deficiency. Let's take a look at how a marginal deficiency in just one of the B vitamins can affect athletic performance. So looking at the graphic on the right, you can see that there, um, a marginal deficiency in B1 or thiamine, is, it, is also known, can cause certain symptoms. Uh, for example, you can get low stamina and exercise intolerance, and this is due to low energy, right? You just... You're not producing that energy. Remember back to the Krebs cycle, you're not producing energy um, as efficiently. So your stamina goes down. You can get tingling and burning or numbness in fingertips or feet. And think about this from a client perspective. One of the concerns I would have as a trainer as well is that, hey, they might drop the weight or they could lose their balance during one of our sessions. You can get tender calves, cramps in the legs, um, especially after exercise, um, muscle weakness, a buildup of lactic acid, um, fatigue, and that can be gradual or come on um, suddenly like an acute uh, feeling of fatigue, just feeling overwhelmed with fatigue, um, reduced reflexes, and of course that goes back to sports um, and, and just you know working in the gym. Reduce cognitive function and executive function. So thiamine plays a structural role in the brain. It's really critical for cognitive functions, such as learning and memory, and executive functions, um, including reaction time. So you can um, imagine how this can impact athletes in sports where they need a quick reaction time. B1 or thiamine is ingested from foods, and you can also get them in dietary supplements. Um, B1 is absorbed in the first segment of the small intestine, the duodenum, and it's stored primarily in the liver once it's absorbed, but only in small amounts. And because it's water soluble, um, excess is excreted in the urine. So a continuous supply from the diet is really necessary. Um, there is a small amount of the B1 that's also synthesized in, um, by the bacteria in the large intestine, but it's not really enough to meet nutritional requirements. I mean, it's a nice little extra, but um, we still really need it in our diet. So what are some of the foods um, that contain B1? So nutritional yeast is actually a really excellent source of B1. Um, fortified cereals, um, milk, milk products, eggs, uh, fish, legumes, meats, nuts and seeds, and then certain vegetables such as leafy greens and asparagus. So it's really found, I mean, if you're getting a really um, good balanced diet, uh, you should be able to satisfy a lot of those needs. Um, if not, though, supplementation, if it's required, is best done in the form of a B-complex. So that's a supplement containing all eight of the B vitamins. One of the reasons you'd want to do that rather than just supplement with B1 is experience shows us that if the level of one B vitamin is inadequate or deficient, probably the rest are as well. Um, and because they're water soluble and they're excreted in urine, toxicity is rare. So even if you take a little bit more than you need, that's normally not a problem. Um, they're best taken in the morning and that, you know, this is from personal experience or the afternoon because they do help with energy levels. So unless you really are at night owl and want to be up doing things at night, best take in the morning or the afternoon and they do help with that energy. Um, and a little bit about what depletes thiamine. Uh, well, of course, inadequate intake uh, could be malabsorption if you have some absorption problems, and especially if you have some uh, digestive issues, um, 
or uh, like irritable bowel, anything that's affecting um, absorption, alcohol consumption. And there are some foods that actually reduce the ability of the body to absorb uh, B1. Raw shellfish, for example, I know a lot of people love sushi. If you're eating a lot of it, that can actually deplete um, your B1 as well. And heat, heat actually. So heat destroys a lot of these vitamins. So if you should try to include a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables. All right, so we're learning more about the important role that certain minerals can play in the production of energy. For instance, chromium, zinc, and magnesium are all needed to ensure that there is extra capacity for energy expenditure. So we can have a little extra when we need it during a workout, playing sports, or competing in a track event. Research also shows that supplemental magnesium can be important to improve strength and muscle metabolism, which is really important for when you're working out. So let's talk a little bit more about magnesium. A um, couple of things, it's the fourth most abundant essential mineral in the body, but more importantly, it's a cofactor for more than 350 enzymatic processes, um, especially those utilizing ATP. It's also a significant electrolyte in the body. So you can just imagine not having uh, sufficient magnesium in the body can compromise a lot of different areas. So where do we find magnesium? Where is it stored in the body? About half of it's in the bone. Um, the other half is in the muscle and in the soft tissue. And about 1%, give or take, um, is in the blood. So what does magnesium do in the body? So it's necessary for normal muscle contraction. And of course, that includes the heart muscle, right? So it does impact blood pressure and even heart rhythms. Um, it's necessary for protein synthesis, our immune functions. And of course, it is important for energy production, including ATP, as we've been speaking about. It is one of the key minerals for bone formation and structure. Um, so a deficiency can potentially lead to low bone mass or osteoporosis, because when the body has a low supply of magnesium, magnesium that's stored in the bone is taken to be utilized. So you can think of the bones like a bank, right? You can make deposits, you can make withdrawals. So when you're um, including foods with magnesium in the diet, that can be stored in the bone. Um, but if your body needs it, right, it can be removed. And so you can imagine it can cause some issues and that can lead to low bone mass or diseases like uh, osteopenia. So it's also important for nerve function and it works together with calcium to help muscles contract and relax. So while calcium tightens and contracts muscles, magnesium relaxes them. And if there's too much calcium or insufficient magnesium in the blood, um, muscle tension will increase and that can lead to spasms or cramps or twitches. And I'm sure we've all um, had those over the years. I know I have. So during exercise, lactic acid builds up in the muscle and it can cause fatigue and pain and tightness. Um, magnesium helps to decrease that lactic acid level within the muscle. And because it is an electrolyte, I mentioned that before, it can be lost through sweat during exercise. And that can also contribute to cramping and muscle soreness, both during and after exercise. All right. So only about 40 to 60% of our dietary magnesium from foods is actually absorbed. Um, it's easily destroyed by canning and freezing. So making sure to include a lot of fresh foods, include, you know, fresh vegetables and fruits in the diet is really essential. The recommended uh, dietary allowance of magnesium is about 400 to 420 milligrams per day. And that includes anything from dietary um, or supplemental sources. The thing is that most uh, people consume less than the recommended RDAs for magnesium. In the US and Canada, about 50% of adults are not meeting their magnesium requirements. And although, um, you know, true deficiency is really rare, marginal deficiency is very common. And just think about all of those 350 um, enzymatic processes that can be affected by that. Uh, you know, there's a number of reasons for, for deficiencies. I mean, um, it can start in the soil. You know, our soil has been depleted over the years with our farming processes. If the minerals aren't there in the first place, um, we're not getting uh, we're not getting them in our food. Poor nutrition is huge, especially when we consume a, a lot of ultra-processed foods because they're just deficient in every vitamin and mineral. Excessive alcohol intake, caffeine consumption, 
Um, stress, especially long-term stress, puts a lot of uh, pressure on the body, a higher need for vitamins and minerals. Stress is prevalent in our society. Chronic illness, excessive physical activity, uh, poor gastrointestinal function, and low stomach acid. Uh, Lisa's going to talk a little bit more about that. Medications can also interfere with absorption. For example, um, a lot of people take antacids. I used to for years because I thought I had uh, acid reflux, which I didn't. Many people take antacids to make their stomach less acidic or proton pump inhibitors like PPIs like Nexium, and that actually reduces the production of stomach acid. But magnesium and other micronutrients like iron and B12 require an acidic environment from, uh, you know, something like a strong stomach acid to help enable absorption. Uh, and because antacids raise that pH level, make it, it makes it more difficult for magnesium to be absorbed. All right. So there's a, a number of different forms of magnesium. Some like magnesium citrate, they're really great for constipation. They help stop, uh, soften stools. But we're going to talk a little bit about magnesium malate and magnesium sulfate. Those are forms of magnesium that are recommended for people that are suffering with fatigue and muscle pain. So what you can do is, you know, you can recommend magnesium malate, they can take as a supplement, or you can also recommend that clients can take a bath with Epsom salts. The magnesium content is absorbed through the skin. And this is especially great for those who are suffering from DOMS, that delayed onset muscle soreness. So all they need to do is add a cup of Epsom salts to warm bath water and soak for at least 20 minutes and they are going to feel great and they're going to love you. And now I mentioned about absorption and Lisa's going to take us through that in the next section. So you've now heard why the micronutrients are just as important as the macronutrients, but it can be challenging to absorb the micronutrients, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, if your digestive system is underactive or is not working the way that it should be working. Unfortunately, so many of us deal with digestive issues on a regular basis, like gas and bloating and malabsorption, that we don't even recognize that these symptoms are indicative of an under-functioning digestive system. In fact, a lot of people think that it's just normal. What we have to recognize is that what happens from here in the mouth and all the way through the digestive tract will affect the microbiome, which is where everybody is focused at the moment. It seems like there's a great deal of discussion and research about the microbiome, but we forget about the upper digestive tract and both are important. The digestive process is top down. It starts even before you've put food into your mouth, as a matter of fact. It starts with your brain. When you look at food or think about eating or walk by a bakery and, um, and smell that beautiful aroma of fresh baked bread, something happens in your brain to trigger the digestive process. The central nervous system has two basic states, the parasympathetic state and the uh, sympathetic state. Sympathetic is our fight or flight. And unfortunately, that's where a lot of us live most of the time when we're working, when we're functioning, when we're driving, when we're watching um, a suspenseful show on television. But the digestive process only works when you're in the rest and digest mode. And it takes some work to get us there because we're so accustomed to living in our fight or flight, let's be ready to go mode almost all the time. So when we're eating in a rush, when we're eating in front of the television, when we're eating in our cars, say on your way to see clients, you can't properly digest the food that you've just eaten. So by taking a few deep breaths, as you'll see in just a moment, um, and following some, uh, some guidelines, you can get yourself into that rest and digest parasympathetic mode so that digestion can start. Now, once digestion is triggered, then chewing is the next step. Chewing is like pressing the on button to the assembly line that is your digestive system. If you look at the graphic here, you see that it, it, like we say that, that the digestive system is an, actually an, ex, or an external system. If you cut yourself open, you can pull your digestive system right out of your body, pour some water into the top, and it would come right at the bottom. So what happens at the top will trigger and stimulate production of digestive enzymes in 
uh, not only your stomach, but your small intestine. It triggers your accessory organs like your liver and your pancreas to start producing enzymes to facilitate the whole process of breaking down the food that you've just eaten. The more you chew, the less work the rest of your system has to do. We also swallow trillions of microorganisms that then some of those will end up in our microbiome. So the more you chew, the more saliva that's produced, the healthier your microbiome is going to be. Now, as you have uh, started chewing, your stomach, which is the first step along the way, starts to produce hydrochloric acid. Now, when you um, watch commercials, uh, they tell us that acid in your stomach, like from heartburn or acid reflux, GERD, is a terrible thing. And so we've kind of been trained and convinced that stomach acid is, is a negative, right? But in fact, the reason why we get heartburn and have a lot of the digestive problems and even have an underfunctioning um, microbiome, which can then lead to leaky gut syndrome, malabsorption, inflammation, autoimmune diseases, uh, SIBO, candida, a dysbiosis, IBS. I mean, so many issues occur in the microbiome that could have potentially be prevent, been prevented had we been chewing carefully, been in the right uh, state of our nervous system, and of course, eating the right foods. But all of those steps that I've already talked about trigger and stimulate good, strong acid in the stomach, which is really, really necessary. In fact, the acid in your stomach should have approximately the pH of battery acid. And when you think about that, you know, it sounds bizarre that we would have this, this little sack just sitting in the middle of our body that has the pH of battery acid. But think about it. You take a steak and you drop it into a cup of acid. You want that steak to disintegrate. When your acid is weak, for so many different reasons, because we're drinking too much fluid, we're eating under stress, we're um, not, we haven't prepared our body physiologically to digest a meal. Um, then we can't absorb the protein, the amino acids, we can't absorb the nutrients, in particular vitamin B12 and many of the minerals. And as a result, we end up with bloating, indigestion, constipation, and then an impaired microbiome later on. One of the signs that your body gives you that your digestion is perhaps impaired is seeing these vertical striations on your fingernails. And when you're working with clients, you can always do a, a visual assessment to look at what their fingernails are like. Um, if they have smooth texture, then that's usually a good sign. But uh, the striations are indicative of usually low stomach acid because if your digestion is impaired, then of course you can't break down the food that you eat, you can't absorb the nutrients that you've consumed and that will be reflected in the way that your tissues are formed. Some of the causes of low stomach acid include a poor diet. We tend to eat meals that are too processed, too many carbs, uh, too many calories, too many complicated combinations of ingredients that can slow down digestion in the stomach. Stress plays such a role in how you digest your food. First of all, you're in fight or flight when you're eating under stress. You're not eating mindfully, but also uh, stress hormones like cortisol or adrenaline can mess up the uh, way that your stomach is producing acid. For example, you could produce acid when there isn't any food in your stomach, which could um, exacerbate an ulcer if an ulcer is already forming, but then prevent acid production in your stomach when there is actually food in there that needs to be broken down. When we eat too fast, uh, that's a big problem as well. Again, if you're eating too fast, you haven't chewed properly, so the rest of your digestive system hasn't been prepared or cued to start making uh, enzymes and break down your food properly. The older we get, the less capable our stomach is of producing the acid that is required. So as we get past, uh, say, age 50, we need to be more mindful about that um, acid production and, and, and really tune into the body and how it's digesting food to make sure that those symptoms that I mentioned, like some bloating and gas, uh, are, are not present. Zinc is a mineral that is required to produce stomach acid, and, and it's a catch-22 here because if your diet is low in zinc, then you can't make hydrochloric acid, but then if you don't have enough hydrochloric acid, you can't absorb zinc anyways. So uh, looking for specific signs that your body gives you that you are low in zinc or looking at a menu plan to, um, or at a diet analysis to see if there is enough 
dietary zinc in one's diet is really critical. And magnesium has a similar story too. Without enough magnesium, you can't make stomach acid. Without stomach acid, you can't absorb magnesium. H. pylori overgrowth is an interesting one. Uh, this is the cause of an ulcer. Um, stomach acid that's naturally produced helps to control and manage how much H. pylori have which could pre prevent an ulcer. But also I want to mention um, a food poisoning for a moment because do you ever have the experience where you're out with friends at a restaurant and only one person gets food poisoning even though three or four people ordered the exact same meal? Well, that one person had less stomach acid in uh, being produced during that meal because one of the rules of stomach acid is to destroy any potential pathogens that have entered through the mouth. And finally, as Heather mentioned already, uh, long-term use of PPIs and acid blockers. Again, we're, we're accustomed to treating any burning sensation, any uh, feeling of stomach acid or recognition that you even have stomach acid with something that blocks its production in the first place, which is very counterproductive because if you can't produce stomach acid, you can't absorb, you can't break down your food and then absorb your nutrients. So uh, with the long-term use of acid blockers, we, your stomach just stops, it, it forgets how to work on its own. So it's up to you to retrain your stomach to work so that the work, work the way it's supposed to work so that uh, you don't become as reliant on, on these acid blockers. And this is all very critical information to pass on to your clients as well. Now, how do we improve digestion in the stomach especially? Well, as I mentioned earlier, we wanna trigger the parasympathetic nervous system, and that means slowing down, learning how to eat mindfully. And this is really relevant and important information to pass on to clients. Because again, if they can absorb their proteins better and their amino acids better, then that will result in better muscle formation, more energy, and they'll be on time for your sessions <laughs> with energy and good to go. So slowing down, maybe sitting in a quiet room, turning off media of any kind, putting away your cell phone, closing your computer, taking three deep cleansing breaths to trigger that parasympathetic nervous system. And then once that starts, chewing is really important. So the more you chew, the more work your mouth does, the less work the rest of your digestive system has to do, but it also stimulates your other digestive organs to uh, prepare to receive food. Now, if you are still struggling with digestion, and by the way, this is a process that will take some time to get accustomed to. It can take weeks, it can take months. It's learning new habits. But one way to kind of kickstart this whole process is to simplify your eating. And a recommendation that I give my clients with very severe digestive problems is to eat like a baby. How would you feed a baby? Well, you would blend their food, you would puree their food, right? So use your blender, use your food processor, use your masher, make soups and stews and liquefy as much as possible. That's like pre-digesting the meal so that your system doesn't have to do as much work and those nutrients can be absorbed and assimilated that much easier. And simplify meals as much as possible. Rather than having five different types of food in each meal made with multiple ingredients, use minimal ingredients, only natural ingredients, of course. I mean, that's the premise of natural nutrition is eating foods that are provided by, by nature that haven't been tampered with, that haven't been processed to uh, any degree or just minimally. So simplify those meals, uh, break them down into smaller meals whenever possible. And then, of course, increasing the acidity in the stomach and the enzymes that perhaps the digestive system isn't capable of producing. One surefire way to do it is to purchase digestive enzymes. If you walk into a health food store, you'll see an entire section of digestive enzymes, and there is an enzyme available for everything, to proteases to break down protein, uh, amylases for starch, lipase and bile for fats. Um, there's uh, enzymes to, to break down uh, dairy products like lactase. What I'm holding here is a multi-enzyme and there are lots of those available. And this is what we usually recommend for someone who just has general poor digestion or uh, has trouble breaking down almost every type of macronutrient uh, and even some specific nutrients. You can buy enzymes that are specific to breaking down 
beans, for example. Uh, in our uh, food, papaya and pineapple offer proteases that help break down proteins. So long chains of proteins into shorter chains, peptide chains, uh, shorter amino acid chains. So these are wonderful to incorporate whenever there's an opportunity. And finally, again, um, in, in with the idea of increasing acidity in the stomach, a capful of apple cider vinegar will put some acidity right into your stomach. Some people prefer to take a teaspoon of apple cider vinegar in a small amount of water first thing in the morning to stimulate digestion. Uh, another option, of course, is to take about a teaspoon or a capful just before a meal, especially if it's going to be a heavier meal, to add some acidity into the stomach to help uh, kickstart that digestive process. And apple cider vinegar also has probiotic properties, which will benefit your um, microbiome as well. Now, this is just uh, a very small portion of what is taught in the uh, digestive health and the microbiome program. The course goes into a great deal of detail about digestive enzymes, about uh, encouraging your clients to um, improve their digestion, the entire digestive process, and half of the course is devoted to the microbiome, the specific microbes that live within the microbiome, um, how to um, uh, recognize the signs of leaky gut syndrome and uh, all of the large, all of the, the uh, conditions that can take place in there, irritable bowel syndrome, IBD, um, SIBO, candida, dysbiosis, there's so many. And as Heather mentioned earlier, many of our illnesses stem from the microbiome, in particular autoimmune disease. So we talk at great length about uh, how we can uh, work to repair the gut, rebalance the microbiome, and promote good health as a result. And that is why we've included this amazing course in our Essentials Bundle. So meal planning is obviously the next step in how you're going to relay all this information that you just learned in the foundation in natural nutrition, as well as the digestive health and microbiome. Specifically today, I'm going to explain how you're going to get what you learn in the meal planning course into the hands of your clients uh, as a business tool. So meal planning and consulting tools were actually the main components of my nutrition coaching business. And this knowledge ultimately led me to running a successful meal prep and meal planning company in Vancouver. So rather than repeat what you're going to learn in the meal planning course, I'm going to actually explain my process to you quickly on how I would use the course materials and the tools that we provide in each and every one of them to help execute a consult with clients so that you can see the benefit of adding meal planning as a service into your business. So first and foremost, I always give a free consultation, which I'm sure you've heard before. It's a great way to offer a lead magnet and get more clients. And this allows you to build that no like trust factor with your clients before you get started with them. And it also allows you to make sure that you're a good fit for them. Maybe their goals are different from what you are able to provide, but it's not the free consult that's giving the value. Somebody doesn't come to you just for the free consult to see what you have to offer. So one thing that people miss a lot of the time is that during this free consult, you need to provide something of value. And you're going to do this by solving one of your client's problems right away. You don't want to waste that opportunity that you have here with them because you have them right in front of you. And this is your opportunity to share your knowledge with them. Providing value in the consult, it shows that you're knowledgeable in the area of nutrition and that you're actually going to be able to help them. So when we think back to what we've learned in the foundations of natural nutrition, as well with the information that you would have learned in the digestive health and the microbiome, your role as a coach is actually to bring that knowledge to your client and show that you're able to solve their health concerns. Providing the free consult 
and providing value in that free consult is actually the sales trick that is going to allow you to sell them on your meal planning or nutrition coaching at the end of the consult. So like I said, your client is going to come to you for the free consult because they have a problem of some kind that they're struggling with. The ladies before explained that there are many health concerns and conditions that are popping up all over the place that could be correlated to or be caused by many issues such as micronutrient deficiencies or digestive health issues. And so your clients could be coming to you for any number of reasons, low energy, trouble sleeping, muscle cramps, digestive issues. So the nutrient deficiency assessment tool is actually an invaluable tool for the nutrition coach. It's a quick online questionnaire that allows you a view into what is happening with your client. So your clients are going to select their symptoms and it's going to help you decipher where they may or may not have deficiencies within these vitamins and minerals. This was one of the tools that I actually used in my consults to provide value and is one of the tools that is available within the course material. So this assessment solves five things for you because I'm sure as you were going through the rest of the presentation, there's a lot of information to digest, pun intended, but there's a lot of information to remember as a coach, especially when you're first learning about natural nutrition. This is going to help take the guesswork out of trying to figure out what direction to take with your client. You don't have to guess what's causing their symptoms because you have a tangible document that's helping you figure this out. You won't have to dig through all the textbooks and find which vitamins and minerals might be used to them. You can use it to show your client how you're going to solve their problems. This is also going to help give you direction when you are creating a menu plan because you'll know exactly which foods you need to include in that meal plan to help rebalance those issues. And lastly, it's going to give you something measurable that your client can retake and test again in the future to see if their main complaints are improving. And this is vital as a coach because we want to make sure that what we're recommending is actually going to help them. So as a coach, uh, you're going to follow these steps. You are going to offer a free consult everywhere. And I'm talking about on your social media, on your website, and you want to make sure that you advertise the fact that in this free consult, you do a vitamin and mineral deficiency assessment. It's your job as the coach to explain why this vitamin and mineral deficiency assessment is going to help them. So it's going to entice the client to actually book with you and you're going to send that vitamin and mineral deficiency assessment. The client will fill it out for you. And I usually ask that they send it back to you within 24 to 48 hours prior to your consult. The next step is to then review the results on your end prior to the meeting. And you want to make a list of foods that are high in these nutrients. So you are going to use the nutrient recommendation tool, which we also have on the Holistic Nutrition Hub. And this tool is going to help you figure out what the cofactors are, which nutrients are found in what foods, the lifestyle issues that could affect these nutrients, and a lot more. So this really refines the process of nutrition coaching for you. So once you've reviewed their results, you are going to take these this list of foods or list of recommendations. You can choose which way you choose to offer up this knowledge to them. And you're going to review the results with them in that consult. What you want to do then is make sure that you're giving brief explanations as to why and how all of this relates back to their problem. So if they are showing a deficiency in B vitamins based on the assessment, is there other symptoms that they are having that correlate with that vitamin B deficiency that they can see, oh, hey, maybe this is what potentially is leading to some of these low energy symptoms or uh, brain fog or anything else that the B vitamins might be related to. So the last step in that is to offer your services to them, whether that's meal planning or nutrition coaching. And so you're going to share how these services can help them integrate this new knowledge. You could say something along the lines of, hey, I had this great nutrition coaching package, which includes a meal plan where I integrate all of these foods and maybe supplements if it's showing that that might be a necessary thing, the lifestyle recommendations and fitness recommendations, for example. The most important thing is to try and get them to buy before they leave 
from the consult. And if you followed this process correctly, you should have no problem doing this. I also recommend that if you can sell them in a free consult, it's a great time to set up your first meeting with them to get started on your nutrition coaching packages. And this just shows that you're ready to go and get them amped up to actually be working with you. Just to recap, the free consult is a great way in showing your value and quality of services that you offer. And you're going to be providing them value by giving them that vitamin and mineral deficiency assessment along with the food list and recommendations. And this is going to entice them and leave them wanting more because they can see that you are capable of solving their problems. And lastly, you sell them by offering all of this value and it's almost guaranteed that the client is going to sign up with you because they can see that you are a person who is dedicated to helping them. So we want to say thank you for watching this quick presentation. Just before ending the presentation, I want to quickly go through what is included in each of these courses. Of course, you can head over to our website at www healthcoachcertificates.com to view the full description and outline of each of these courses. However, in the foundations in natural nutrition, we have about five courses in one. In these courses, you're going to learn the roles and functions, where and how they are absorbed in the body, the deficiency symptoms and causes of each um, one correlating back to each vitamin and mineral, etc. You're going to learn a more in depth about the uh, RDAs, the dietary sources, supplement guidelines, the contraindications that come can come along with these guidelines. All in all, these five textbooks equate to about 300 pages of fully referenced scientific yet practical information. All right, so we have the digestive health and the microbiome. Uh, in which we go into much more detail on what Lisa spoke about, not only the physiology and the biology of, you know, the top-down process and how it all functions within the human body, but what some of the issues might be that could be correlated back to poor digestive health. That includes things like SIBO, candida, leaky gut syndrome, and as well, we include protocols and things that you can do to help your clients so that you can understand the full circle between you know, eating, <laughs> absorption, as well as how this can affect the body and what it might be like and how it might show up in your clients. Lastly, we offer the meal planning for your clients. And in this, you are going to learn how to teach your clients how to meal plan and allow you to share the knowledge that you've learned in these other textbooks with them in tangible small steps so that you can make it practical for them to change their habits and redirect their um, symptoms to better health. For the coaches who are part of CamFit Pro, we are offering a 40% off discount. This is going to be available until January 15th. And so you can use this code CamFitPro40 you can get a 40% off discount for the Natural Nutrition Essentials Bundle, along with our individual courses as well. So if you're not interested in taking the full package, which you should be after this, <laughs> um, you can apply this code to the individual courses as you like as well. And lastly, if you are not sure if this nutrition essentials bundle is right for you, feel free to book a free discovery call with us by emailing us at the info at healthcoachcertificates.com email. And we'd be happy to hop on a call with you and, and discuss what might be right for you in your next business moves. Thanks for watching and have a great rest of your day.